All right. Those of you in the house, um, think about this question. Well, y'all online too, but um, when was the last time you stepped in a really big mess? And, and here's a couple more questions. Was it a good mess, a bad mess? Um, if you're a farmer, was it a smelly mess? We don't even, like, think of it like that, do we? We think um, we've kind of been conditioned to think that messes are bad. And so we would not even stop and think, like, is it possible there could be a good mess? Because we've been taught our whole lives, if it's a mess, if it's messy, it's probably not a good thing, right? So um, here's what I want you to know this morning. that The worst kind of mess I can think of is, uh, this happened a couple weeks ago. Um, some uh, kids were, were playing, they were barefoot, and they came back up to the house, not my house, another house, and they were like, yeah, we stepped in mud, and then we looked at it, it wasn't mud, right? It was nasty. It was all over them. Um, what I want you to know is that sometimes that's going to happen. Sometimes we're going to find ourselves stepping into a mess. But even, listen, even that kind of mess, like I'm not a farmer. So, like, um, y'all know what a cow patty is, right? It's not a burger. Yeah, right. So even a cow patty, like if you stepped in something like that, that's nasty. But that actually helps things grow, Right. So even that kind of a mess is not necessarily a bad mess. I say all that to say this, that we've been talking about this remix, right? So like today we've got, you know, some of us are in the building and we're kind of we're going first, right? So we're stepping into this. We're bring, coming back into the building. We've talked about, like, remixing. We've been out of the building for four and a half months. Like, you know, I've been talking to a camera for four and a half months, and now I'm talking to real life people. And, and it's, we're going to start coming back together. While we've been apart, what has our culture done? Freaked out, right? We have seen a virus. We have seen, like, different opinions. We've seen all this crazy stuff. Like, our, our culture's done that and what God's trying to do is bring us back together. So that's the remix, right? We're remixing. And at the same time, while we talk about remixing us horizontally, the remix is also heaven. We just sang about this too, great songs. Heaven coming back down to earth. When heaven met earth, Jesus stepped into our mess, right? Now, what kind of, what, where do we see the mess? Where do we see heaven, like, stepping into earth? Um, I think about all the times that Jesus would do miracles, and he would do miracles in such a way that the religious people would be like, I don't think you can do that here, right? Or when he would, um, he would when he went to the cross, right, and he paid the price for our sins, like, on the cross, that was a messy place. I, I've heard theologians describe the cross like this. If you could see Jesus on the cross, you wouldn't recognize Jesus because it was nothing but Blood from head to toe, covered in blood. It was a mess, but at the cross, that mess saved us. So here we are, preparing for August the 2nd. Um, you're at home getting ready to come on August the 2nd. We're in the building getting ready, like seeing how it's going to work. How do we have people come in? Where do they go out? All that stuff, right? And what I want you to know is we are on the verge of stepping back into something that's not going to feel the same. Right? Like right now where you're sitting, that doesn't feel the same. Um, if you sang earlier with a mask on, doesn't sound the same. Probably doesn't even smell the same if you had a mask on, breathing your own air while you're, while you're singing. I'm preaching. Like I'm like, when's the last time I've been nervous to preach to people in my own church, right? It doesn't feel the same. 
But we know from Isaiah 43, 19 that God's not a God of the same, right? What does Isaiah 43, 19 say? It says this, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And we know this, that the, ver- the word for perceive means to see it by experiencing it, right? So what, the, what he's saying is, look, I'm doing a new thing, and if you want to perceive it, you need to step into it, experience it, and that's how you're going to understand it. God is doing something new. And so this morning, what I want us to talk about is, if he's taking us from somewhere to somewhere new, the reason we struggle with that is because most of our time is spent right here. It's spent somewhere in the middle of those places. And so this morning, I want us to talk about the, the problem with the middle, right? And here's the problem. The middle, the middle is where we end up staying most of the time. We've been talking about this as a church. If you could go back, I don't know, six, seven months and listen to everything that we've been talking about, you would hear this common theme that God is doing something new. And we're in this, we've called it the kingdom of not yet, right? So like God's saying, hey, there's a promise for you. And we're like, okay, I see it, kind of, but I'm here. And so the kingdom is the kingdom of not yet. We're not quite there yet. We're journeying towards it. And, and we just did that series called Discomfort, right? And so the whole point of that series from, from Discomfort is that God said to Abraham, hey, Abraham, so like here's where you know. So I want you to leave what you know, and I just want you to start walking that way. Now, I don't know how you are at home. I don't know where y'all are here. Like, if you're type A, 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 checklist, I need to have um, a map. Like, if, if the whole world, if the whole technology just crashed and you couldn't log on to Google or Apple Maps, like, are you going to go buy, like, an atlas and you're going to map it out? Or are you just going to get in the car and go? Like, most of us like to have some idea where we're going, Right? And so he said to Abraham, like, leave where you know and just start going that way. Can you imagine Abraham saying, "Um, well, God, how will I know when I get there? And God's answer would have been, I'll tell you, just go. And when you get there, I'll let you know. Man, we struggle with that kind of stuff, right? And we said this at the end of that message, that the first step is usually the worst step, right? But we can take it because we can trust God. We can trust that he knows where we're going. We can trust that he knows where he's taking us. And so when we trust him, we can take that step. Can we, um, can we throw that picture up? I think we have this picture here. This is a picture that was taken. Um, apparently I was in the picture. This is a picture that was taken in 1967 in, in Sweden, right? And so in 1967, this is the day after they decided as a country we're going to switch which side of the road cars drive on. So I, don't, I can't remember if they were on the right side and they switched to the left or if they were on the left side and they switched to the right, but this is the first day that they tried to institute that new policy. And what I want you to remember from this picture is that that is a picture of the remix. That when we talk about the remix is coming together and that the remix is taking two ends and bringing them into the middle, the remix can be messy. The middle can be messy. And that's, that's chaotic. That's um, loud. Can you just hear the beeping of the horns, right? And people waving at each other with one finger. I mean, just all the stuff, right, that's going on in that picture. That's what the middle is all about. And I want you to know this. The middle can be messy. Just jot that down. The middle can be messy. It can feel overwhelming. 
It can feel impossible. Can you relate to that? Can you relate to situations in your life where you know that God is calling you to step into something that looks impossible, feels impossible, it's overwhelming, and yet God still said, go there. This morning, what I want you to see is this. We're going to be looking at a story in Joshua chapter 3. I want you to see what happened when God called his people to, to go from where they were to where he wanted them to go, and they faced a situation in between that that was impossible for them. Okay? I want us to see that. And here's, here's what we're going to find out, a little spoiler alert. I'm going to tell you what you're going to see before we actually talk about it. Here's what you're going to find out is that the middle is probably right where God wants you to be. It's right where he wants me to be. That, that picture we saw from Sweden, that crazy, chaotic, loud, confusing mess of traffic in our lives, sometimes that's exactly where God is calling us to be. We're going to see that in Joshua chapter 3. So for two very important reasons, God's going to want you in the, in the middle. And here's the first reason. The miracle is actually in the middle. That's the title of this message, The Miracles in the Middle. And, and listen, at some point this week, read Joshua. I mean, the whole book is a great book, but especially like Joshua 1, 2, 3, and 4. So we're going to be in chapters 3 and 4, and, and it's all good, but I want us to start at the last verse of Joshua chapter 3, and here's what it says. The very last verse says this, The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by into the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Now, we're going to talk about all the stuff that led up to that, right? But let's just focus on that one verse, and here's some things I want you to notice right away. It tells us where the priests were standing. They were in the middle. It tells us what they were standing on. They were standing on dry ground. Now, look, we talk about this all the time here um, the Bible was written on purpose, right? Like every word in the Bible has a meaning. Every word in the Bible is there for a reason. Like God didn't just like slap this thing together, right? So when we read the Bible, sometimes what we do is we read right over the most important parts of the story. And what I want you to see in that verse is the middle, and I want you to see dry ground. Like if you take notes in your Bible, just underline dry ground. At that time, what scholars believe because it was, it was the Jordan was at the flood stage, it meant that it was about 100 feet wide and at least 10 feet deep. Now, I don't do good with, like, quantities of water, but that's a lot of water, right? 100 feet wide, 10 feet deep. And God, when they stepped into the middle, the waters parted. But, but God doesn't just do a miracle. God goes over the top when he does miracles. They walk through on dry ground. Like, that's a lot of water to move just to make a way, but it's also a lot of wet dirt and mud and sludge to dry up. It, it, he could have said, hey, they crossed, they crossed on muddy, sludgy, yucky, that stuff that you step in. Like, you ever go swimming in a river without river shoes? Like, you just feel it squishing up between your toes. Like, they didn't even feel that. They felt like the dry ground that down here in the south we try to dig through, they felt that, a dry riverbed, when just moments earlier, 100 feet worth of width and 10 feet deep of water had been flowing there. That's amazing. I think about the story of um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? And they were in the fire, 
and they got delivered from the fire. And the Bible, they, the Bible, God could have said, hey, I got them out, right? But what did he point out? Not only did they come out of the fire, but that not, nothing, not their clothes, not their hair, nothing smelled like smoke. Which if you've been around a campfire, that's a miracle, right? Because like, you go, just stand by a campfire for a few seconds, you're going to smell like smoke the rest of the day. And God goes over the top when he does these miracles. So they were on dry ground. The people walked through on dry ground. And what I want you to see, too, is that the people, this is so important for those of us that are in the house. Because, again, like if you're not here this morning, you're at home, it's not because we don't love you and don't value you. It's just that we have people that are here strategically because they're going to be part of serving you when you come back. What I want you to see is that the people walked where the leaders had stood. Leaders go first. We go first, and, and where the leaders stood, that's where the people walked. I, I'm thankful that you're in this house today. I'm thankful that you're here first, right? Like you're going, I'm going to go first, figure this out, and we're going to make a way for people to come behind me. The miracle that they needed didn't happen where they were comfortable. We talk about this all the time. God could have had them stand on the side of the river and just pointed at the river, right, and it would have, it could have split. He could have done it any way he wanted to. Um, don't know if y'all are into Bruce Almighty, but like the whole cereal bowl, like, and the milk just parts. He could have done that, but he didn't. He didn't do that. The miracle didn't happen where they were comfortable. The miracle happened in the middle, in that flooded, loud, raging, chaotic middle. I want you to hold on to that. We'll come back to it at the end. Second reason why God wants us in the middle so, one, the miracle's in the middle, and two, the memorial's in the middle. Now, by memorial, I don't mean your funeral, right? So, like, yeah, that's in there. If I step into that crazy, chaotic mess, I might die. No, the memorial, a memorial was an altar. A memorial is something that you, you put together to remember what God did, to remember how God was faithful in our lives. And so that, that came, memorials come from the moments when God comes through for us. If we stopped right now and I pass this microphone around in the room, or if you typed comments in the section, we could all type or talk about moments that God came through for us. And sometimes what we have are physical things that we can touch and look at and remember. Oh, I remember when I went I went there and God did this, right? Like if you ever go to the camera house, you're going to see all those rocks, right? And so I don't, y'all probably could like identify each individual rock and say it came from here. I just see a big pile of rocks. But they'll tell you those rocks represent everywhere we've ever been. Like that's kind of what this is about. And what I need you to see is where they got the memorial. It's in Joshua chapter 4 verse 3. It says this, God speaking. He says, and tell them, he he told Joshua, pick 12 men, tell them to take up 12 stones from where? The middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at a place where you stay tonight. He told them, like, that, that's going to be your memorial. And what I need you to see is they never would have found the stones for the memorial if they hadn't stepped into that messy middle, right? It was stepping into the middle where God did a miracle and cleared the way, not just so people could pass through, but that they could also go back and get 12 stones from the exact place where they had stood. My point is this. We avoid those places, like the plague, don't we? We want to be comfortable. And God says, no, I don't want you to be comfortable. I want you to step into the mess. I want you to step into that messy middle place 
where it's crazy and we're like, I, I'm splitting things apart. I'm making a miracle for you, but I want you to go in there, and then I want you to get something from there. Get something from that place that you will tell your generations to come. When they look at that stone, they'll go, what are those 12 stones about? Well, that was the day that God did this. And, and you'll never have those memorials if we don't step into the messy middle. Our obedience to step into that mess establishes a reminder to future generations that God is faithful to meet us in the mess. Now, how do we get to the miracle and how do we get to the memorial? Very, very simply, we step into the mess, right? We start this whole thing talking about when's the last time you stepped into a mess. And most of us are thinking about poop and, you know, like maybe a kid, like, throws up and you step in and don't realize it. Maybe your cat did something, whatever. We think about those kind of things. But I want you to think about the messes of our lives, right? The job that you don't necessarily like. The environment in our culture that I don't think any of us really like right now. And usually what the church does, usually the church tries to find the quickest way out of those places. And I believe that God tries to get us into those places. It's in those messy places that we're going to actually see God move. So here's here's your big idea. Sometimes we have to step into the mess to get to the miracle. Sometimes we have to step into the mess to get to the miracle. So just a couple more minutes, I want to show you why that matters so much, and especially for where we are as a church and as a culture. Joshua chapter 3, verse 8. This is the very first command that God was giving to Joshua when he was kind of giving them the instructions on how, I'm gonna, how am I going to get you from where you are to where I want you to be? How am I going to get you through that crazy, raging river of a mess? And he said this, tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Now, a couple weeks ago, you know, when I was closing out the... Um, the discomfort series, and I was rappelling off that. Well, I know it was just a cliff, and some of y'all were like, it was like 15 feet. No, it was like Mount Kilimanjaro, right? Like I was going off that thing, and I can't, that's where, that's where that, that whole point of the, the first step is the worst step comes from because you're like looking at where you're going to go, and then you have to turn around and not look at where you're going to die, right? Like the whole thing. It's like that. It's hard to step into that, Right? And so what I want you to see here is what jumps out to me is he said, when you reach the edge, so when you get your feet to the edge of the water and that water's lapping up against your toes, I don't know how you are, but here's what I'd be doing. God, right now would be a great time for you just to split these waters, right? Because I've, I've been faithful and I've been obedient. I mean, look, God, my, even the little one, it's, it's in the water. It's touching the water, and now would be a great time, Right? But what God said was, no, no, you tell the priest when they reach the edge, when that happens, what was the next word? Go and stand where? In the river. Now, this Ark of the Covenant, that represented the presence of God, right? So they would literally take these two poles and they would push it through these four rings, one at each corner of that Ark, and they would hold the Ark. So at least four people carried it. Some, some theologians say six, maybe eight, but at least four because there's four corners. You with me so far? Okay. People at home are like, you're calculating. Like four? Got it. Okay, so there's at least four. Now, here's what I want you to see. If there are four priests 
carrying that ark, when the first two got to the edge, they had to go further in to make room for the people behind them. We say all the time that leaders go first. Some leaders go farther because they have to go farther so other leaders can come behind them so that all the people can come behind all of them. And God's looking for leaders. He's looking for people who will look at a mess and not just say, I'm content to just kind of dip my toe in it, but I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to step into that river. And I keep thinking, like if you, you do your growth guides in your worship circles today, you'll see a question that talks about this. How would you have felt? What would be going through your mind, right, when you first touched the water and then the people behind you were like pushing you and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You ever carried furniture? And, like, you're at the front, and people at the back are like, it's really heavy, and they want to be done, so they just push harder. And you're like, whoa, time out. I'm not even ready yet. You're going to make me fall down. Like, what's going through? And then you take one step in. Oh, crud. They're not, it's not far enough. And, one, and what I know about the Jordan is the Jordan wasn't like the Atlantic Ocean, like just this gradual step in. It was kind of more like the Pacific, right? Like, it's like, oh, huh, this is pretty cool. It's like three inches deep. And then. Wow, up to my knee, you know, like there's this faith journey where we have to step further and further in. Now, before we get into the um, whole like, hey, you're a priest because you're a pastor and I'm not, I just want you to write a couple verses down because this is for all of us, not just pastors, not just leaders. It's literally for every believer. First Peter chapter 2, verses 5 through 9, 5 and 9. Here's what it says. Verse 5 says, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Verse 9, Peter said, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. You and I in Christ are all priests. All of us are called um, to carry an ark, right? And you're like, I don't have an ark. What is the ark? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? And that God's spirit dwells in your midst. Here's what it means for us. We can read a really cool story in Joshua chapter 3 about some priests that had to put their feet into the water and then take a couple more steps into the water. We get all that. But what it means for you and I, because we are priests and we carry the presence of God everywhere we go because the Holy Spirit's in us. Everywhere we go, we're the ones that are called to step into that mess. We're the ones that are called to step into that middle. And carry the presence of God into places where other people want to, run, want to run away from. We're called to carry the presence of God into that place. So this morning, I want you to step into the mess. And mess stands for, are you ready? Step into the middle expecting something supernatural. M-E-S-S. Step into the mess, y'all. That thing that you see in your life, that job, the employment, the place where you're like, I don't even know if I want to stay there any longer. I don't even like my boss. Or maybe you, um, you're trying to have conversations with people who don't agree with you. And the easiest thing to do, if we're honest, is just to say, you know what? I'm done. I'm out. I'm tapping out. But I think right now what God's telling us to do is that's not an option for you because you're my priest and you're called to carry the presence of God into those places. And so to, this morning as we wrap this up, here's what we're going to do. They're going to lead us in that simple course that we sang at the end of the worship set. 
And I want you to know that when heaven comes, heaven comes through you. Heaven comes through me. We are stepping into the middle expecting something supernatural, which means every step you take is another step closer to the miracle that God's going to perform. I think about those first two priests at the front and how many steps they took before they ever even saw the miracle begin. And then after the other priests got in, how many steps did they take for them to get to the middle? How many steps did they take with water lapping at their legs before they even saw the miracle start to take place? And that calls for courage, doesn't it? It calls for people to say, you know what? I know that God said go to that side. And I don't exactly know how we're going to pull it off, but I know that he said once my feet hit this water, I'm supposed to go and stand in the river. And this morning I want to call you to go and stand in the river and watch God do a miracle. Sometimes we have to step into the mess to get to the miracle. I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes where you are, at home, here in the building. And as the, as the team leads us in this just simple course, I'm going to ask you to just give yourself to the Lord again. Say, God, use me. Use me to step into that messy middle, that place where people that like a donkey and people that like an elephant, they don't quite get along. Help me to step into that place, God. That place where either you're too bad for God or too good for people. Help me to step into that place and carry your grace, carry your truth. God, do what you told Adam and Eve to do back at the very beginning, which was to be full of who you were and then to go fill the earth, to fill the earth, God, with your glory. Help us to do that. And it all starts by just taking the presence of God that you've placed inside of us and stepping one foot after the other into dangerous places that overwhelm us but don't overwhelm you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. We give you praise and all of the honor. You are our God, the one we live for. We give you praise and all of the glory, God. And we give you praise
So let's pray out like this. I want you just to close your eyes here in the building and also at home. And I want you to picture the mess that you feel like God's called you to. It might not even be that he called you to it. You just might be in it right now, right? Like just what is the messy situation that God has put before you? What is your Jordan River that's standing in between you and where God's calling you to be? And as I pray for you, I just want you to say to the Lord, God, I'm willing. I'm willing. You have called me to be a royal and a holy priesthood. I'm not going to wait for a professional to do it for me. I am your child. I am your son. I am your daughter. And I am going to take the presence that you have placed within me in the Holy Spirit. And I am going to take your presence, your glory into that very mess and when my feet my toes hit the edge of that mess and everything in me screams run I'm going to run to the middle and I'm going to stand there and watch you do what only you can do so God this morning for my brothers and my sisters here in the building and for my friends my brothers and sisters that are watching at home or watching maybe on their phone while they're taking a break at work as they're listening to your word, I pray, God, that you would, you would let courage rise up within them. That they would be those who would not shrink back. But as awkward and as messy and as crazy and chaotic and loud and confusing as it can be, they would be the ones that step into it and bring your glory there. Let your presence fill this place. That that would be their anthem as they stand in the middle of what's raging all around them. Let your presence fill this place, God, and let heaven come. We are stepping into the middle expecting something supernatural. In your name, Jesus. Hey, thanks for being here with us. If you're here in the room, stay seated just for a second. You guys at home, thanks for being a part of this with us. Um, we'll be back live again next week at 10 o'clock. We'd love to have you here with us then. For now, have a fantastic week. We'll see you next Sunday.